earlier this evening, I called Mr. Ron DeSantis and congratulated him on what we expect will be him as the next governor of the great state of Florida. When Andrew Gillum conceded the governor's race in Florida, I really think he became the face of the Democrats, and that is not a compliment. See, here's the thing about Democrats. I think they play too nice. And normally that would be good, you know, from a political perspective, being politically correct, so on and so forth. But here's the thing about playing nice. There's little room for diplomacy in a world of savagery. And the Tea Party Republicans, they some savages. The Tea Party Republicans are so nasty that they'd ordered up robocalls that called Oprah Winfrey a, quote, magical Negro. Tea Party Republicans are so nasty that Sandra Deal, uh, who's the Georgia governor's wife, uh, said if Stacey Abrams won, she would be unfit to keep the governor's house. Tea Party Republicans are so nasty that Donald Trump just fired Jeff Sessions. Now, Jeff Sessions basically brought back stop and frisk, but he fired him, I guess, because he's not racist enough. Look, when they go low, we go high. Sounds good in theory, but you got to understand that in a game of leverage, when someone goes low, you got to go lower. Now, I remember what Andrew Gillum said about, you know, not wanting to engage Donald Trump because, you know, it's like getting into a, a, a wrestling and mud with a pig and the pig likes it. That all, again, that sounds all well and good, but look, man, you're in the Bay of Pigs right now. It's a war going on outside. And sometimes you got to get a little dirt on you. It can't be like this. It is this way, man. I'm sorry I exposed you to it, but it is. It's ugly, but it's necessary. The sooner you can match what's in your head with what's going on in the real world, the better you're going to feel in this business. You've got to have a little dirt on you for anybody to trust you. All this is behind you. There's going to be a whole other world that opens up for you. We're staring in the face of some of the nastiest overt racism we've seen in a generation. Concede nothing. Um, to be a Negro, to be a Negro in this country, and to be um, relatively conscious, is to be in a state of rage. Almost, almost all of the time. You wonder why I spit the truth, but not to make no dope. To make a difference. Welcome to another episode of Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. Concede nothing, man. That's an idea that really just rests with me so profoundly because I understand the times that we're living in. And, you know, as someone who tries to, you know, stay, you know, continually just learning and researching history and really trying to tie in the lessons from the past within what's going on in the present, man. I just I don't think we have any time to. um to be passive. I mean, there's certainly time for reflection. There's certainly time to, you know, 
approach, you know, situations and challenges with perspective. But I'm just looking at these governor races in particular, the one, the governor's race in Georgia and the governor's race in Florida. And there's just some passiveness and some things that I just I cannot co-sign with and that, I mean, are, are flat out disappointing. And I just want to just make this point from the jump. The defining issue of the midterms should be voting rights. And if you hear anyone talking about black people didn't get out to vote for these midterms, I mean, just mush them in the face, like straight up, man. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not even trying to hear that anymore. I was looking at um something that came across my news feed. CNN had some uh, bogus joint about uh, trying to take some cheap shots at, at, I guess, people who went, who, who didn't vote or the way CNN put it was quote uh, too woke to vote. And I'm sick and tired of white liberal media taking shots at black people at black folks and saying that that we don't get out to vote now if you want to challenge voter apathy my and as y'all can see i'm just jumping right into the conversation i ain't wasting no time today but if you want to attack voter apathy my contention is ask why people are are apathetic is it because you're not speaking to people's issues is it because you're not giving them you know candidates that they believe in is it because that you're not engaging people politically except for you know maybe one or two months before an election i mean there are a lot of different reasons why people aren't getting involved but my but i would also go back and say you know let's talk about the facts the facts are this is that these midterms in terms of you know early voting and you know people getting involved and people getting out to vote like there were unprecedented numbers that were posted so black people got out and voted and it's like I said on the last podcast, black folk are the consciousness of the voting process, period. You can't tell me any different. I just I refuse to deal with the slander um, as it, as it relates to black folks and voting because we got out and we voted. Now, as previously stated, the defining point of this election should be and this really should be a wake up call. I mean, if, if Democrats want to want to complain about something, let's complain about voting rights. And if if Democrats care so much about the black vote, ask yourself why we have these antiquated voting machines. Ask yourself why all of the votes aren't being counted in these elections, because there's a this isn't even about a political divide anymore. This is about straight up people's votes not being counted. And when you have Republicans in Florida and in Georgia and abroad that are actually getting mad because candidates want all the votes to be counted. It's, it's, I mean, it's like, come on, man, like we're. I'm just I'm, I'm again, I'm past diplomacy because we are in an age of savagery. And. I'm simply I'm like this. If there's a clear injustice, then. We need people who are bold enough to speak to it without wanting to go tit for tat um, with a bunch of racists, with a bunch of bigots, because that's what we're dealing with now. Now, I'm going to use that. I'm going to hold that point right there. I'm going to come back to it because I, I want to make sure that we have a general understanding of 
what was at stake during these elections and some, I think, profound missteps that were made in some of these elections. Now, um, as you're listening to this, it's looking pretty, it's, it's looking like there's a very strong possibility. Well, no, in Florida, it's already been announced that there's going to be a recount. So uh, Mr. Gillum has actually rescinded um, his um, his con- his uh, concession speech, which the if you don't if you don't know the concession, the you know, when you concede an election, it's not legally binding in any way, shape or form. It is basically a gesture of political correctness, which, again, I would not have extended that if I was Stacey Abrams or Andrew Gillum or anyone who has had to deal with just some of the. Uh, shameful, shameful things that have gone on during this political season. And so, and some of the, when I, when I talked about the robocalls at the start of the show, there have been some very nasty things that have been sent out by uh, some of the uh, Republican opponents uh, in terms of, I mean, just, I mean, just very nasty and vile things that have been sent out. So there wouldn't have been any concession or, you know, goodwill or any of that. Now nah, we in a dog fight. Cause if you, I mean, if, if this is how you really want it, I mean, this is this is really a street fight out here right now, man. This is like this is American politics, man. And, you know, I think people need to accept it for what it is. I think the Democrats need to accept it for what it is. And I also believe that, you know, while people are fighting tooth and nail for whatever rights they think they have or think they don't have, like black folks need to do the same thing. Step up, make your voices heard. And let's do that beyond the voting booth. Let's do that. You know, in in city council meetings and, you know, where whenever we get a chance or an opportunity to do that, don't let yourself be lumped in with people of color and and different things like that. Because I'm looking at some of these voting results, particularly in Florida, um, where you're looking at Hispanics and and stuff like that. And these folks, folks are voting Republicans. So don't don't be swayed by all this, you know, people of color gibberish, man, like black, like uh, (laughs) I don't know if you all remember the the old Spike Lee movie, Bamboozle. Look, black is black straight like that. So but. I just want to start out by talking about these two elections. The Georgia election hits particularly close to home. As y'all know, I'm really close to Georgia. Look, got a P.O. box in Georgia. So um, was born in Augusta, Georgia. But I'm saying all that to say Georgia. I even on on election night, there were people who didn't realize that the secretary of state was the one who oversaw the election process. So if you're listening to this and and you didn't know, or maybe you just found out maybe less than a week ago, like Brian Kemp, the candidate for governor of Georgia, was also the secretary of state. So, yes, he oversaw that process. But well, I'm not going to say, but understand who not who Brian Kemp was, who Brian Kemp is. Brian Kemp went on an unrepentant tour of voter suppression in Randolph County for one. Um, I can also, I can speak to, cause here's the thing about voter suppression. It's not just about denying people the right to vote, even though that is extremely important, but lack of voter information is such a damaging thing because again, we, we don't involve people enough in the political process. So people are left out in the dark. But here's the deal about Brian Kemp. Here's the deal. Here's my disappointment with Republicans, not Republicans, excuse me, Democrats. Here's my disappointment with Democrats, Stacey Abrams and such. Once Brian Kemp announced that he was running for governor, then it should have been 
the Democrats' singular goal to make sure that Brian Kemp stepped down as Secretary of State. Like, that should have been mandatory. Because I feel like a lot of what the Democrats are having to deal with now in terms of voter suppression, in terms of, you know, provisional ballots and, you know, uh, early voting and, and a, a number of ballots that have not been counted. I feel, I feel like a lot of that was the fact that Dems let Brian Kemp set up shop to create this scenario in which, I mean, if to be perfectly honest, I, I think the races in Georgia and Florida have been so... I mean, I think it's just uncertain how much these races have been tainted, but make no mistake about it. Like, I mean, there's got to be an asterisk by these results. Because you have so many votes that have not been counted. Now, I, I made a post because I, I really did want to. I made a post on the Making a Difference uh, Facebook page. Because I really did. When I think about provisional ballots, I looked at the word provisions and looked at the provision and the provisional ballots and. You know, just the the hope and the irony of, of that process, because, again, a lot of folks or I'll say that when people basically had to cast those provisional ballots because they didn't have the exact match or whatever, you know, voter suppression scheme Brian Kemp had going. The irony of it was, is that those people who were treated like second class citizens who were basically denied the. I mean, who were denied the basic right to vote. It was going to be those votes that would either yield a recount or a runoff. So I just it was something that basically the votes that were counted last, you know, the last would be first. And I just I saw a great irony in that. But as I look at that, as I look at this now, I think this is the to me, the power of investigative reporting. And to me, this is the importance of black media. Because any and I would just wouldn't say black media, I would say any media organization worth their salt should be jamming up every single board of elections in Georgia and in Florida where there's some type of where there's any type of controversy. We got questions in we got questions about Broward County. I believe there are some questions about DeKalb County. I mean, this is inexcusable. I mean, there are folks who, you know, sent a vote in or sent their uh, ballot in in the mail. It was, you know, returned to the um, to their house. Just a lot of crazy stuff that's going on. And again, it takes me back to the whole like that CNN piece is just in such in poor taste and is tone deaf. Because here's one of the, I think, primary points of reference as it relates to voter apathy. What do people always say when they say their their reasons why they as what do they say as reasons why they don't vote? People say things like, well, I don't feel like my vote means anything. I don't feel like my vote counts. So you literally have a situation in 2018 where people's votes are not being counted, where they're finding ballot boxes like in closets and different things like that. So my response to major political parties and to mass media outlets is what are you going to do about this outside of reporting it for the sake of entertainment? What are you going to do to ensure something as fundamentally simple as democracy, something as fundamentally um, simple as voting and see. And then here's the other question I have. And I mean, how long, like, because to me, it just seems like this is almost a, a cultural thing for Republic for Republicans because they're lashing out against all the votes being counted. So it's like, man, how many other important elections, you know, have been lost or have been, um, swayed or have been, you know, were have been basically have been tainted 
because of this culture of, well, we're not, you know, it's not important that we count all the votes. I mean, this, this is, I mean, this is, this is a serious issue, man. I don't, I don't understand how people aren't more um, outraged about this, especially black folks. And this is why I declare, I decree, I say here today on making a difference, concede nothing. We're in a world where, I mean, if you give an inch, like people are taking a mile. And it's, I mean, it's, it's just as simple as that. We got to stop with the respectability politics. We got to stop with, I mean, there's a place for political correctness. There's a place for, for decency and dignity. And I'm not just saying throw all of those things out of the window. But what I'm saying is this, is that, you know, I, I feel like we, I mean, even people on social media, like we spend a lot of time like normalizing supremacy and normalizing foolishness. You know, we share these posts and we pretend like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Like at what point can you not believe this is happening? I mean, this is, you know, at this point when you, you know, when you look at what's going on with Trump, when you look at what's going on with these Tea Party Republicans, like this stuff is par for the course. I mean, they, these people have no shame. These people, you know, have no dignity. They are, and I'm going to show you like, this is something that's so ironic, man. When you really think about it, because what did brother Malcolm say? Four words by any means necessary. And see, I really don't think that black folks have taken that to heart or are taking that to heart. But you know who's really taking that to heart? Tea Party Republicans, because they will do anything and anything to win. Lie, cheat, steal. And that what Eddie Guerrero said. It's the American way. But I'm done ranting, man. I'm going to be very specific when I come back um, after this break on making a difference, man, because I want to just I want to itemize certain issues that I have with the two party political system. I want to talk about what black people need to do now locally and the discussions that need to be had um, to basically I mean, because we're, we're I mean, it's like we're we're pushing back for basic rights and we shouldn't have to do this, man. It's look, it's 2018, man. People have died, you know. Look, years ago, decades ago, generations ago, and, and we're still fighting the same battles. At some point, we got to say, you know what? No. Nah. Um, look, we, count my vote, man. That's all. That's all. Look, you, you beg folks to vote. They vote and you still don't count their vote. It's ridiculous, man. Um, my thing is this. Do you want to win or do you just want to look good losing? It's making a difference. Real story. Like, I was, I was playing this, this record for a friend of mine, you know what I'm saying? We was just chilling. I was just playing her the album, and, like, she was like, yo, I love the record. record is incredible, but, you know, something is different. You know what I'm saying? Something, it just ain't the same. I said, nigga, that's the point. My, my, my mama told me that this music was cool All she ever wanted from me was to graduate from school But I had other plans, so I been school of do I called Food Line, had to tell them I was through No more stocking peas and corn I was born for a much greater purpose Do you this service? Margie got nervous But Thomas don't sweat, eight years, I ain't been back yet Lack of time on your TV sets, no radio spins Mama asking her son, what he doing for ends? Spending weeks on the road, mama say for pretend, unheard to the creme de la creme, keep bouncing, on beats pouncing, cat reflexes, had your attention when I pulled up in Lexus, big like Texas, G's on the checklist, you ain't gotta ask ma, I'm bringing home the breakfast, gotta respect this. Mama, I got dreams, but dreams don't keep the lights on. I'ma make money, money, and if I can't make it, I'ma take money, money, what you say, buddy, buddy, uh. Mama, I got dreams. 
See my niggas on the corner, chillin' with the pounds on they waist, getting old, getting round in the face. And when I hang with them, they ask me if the menstrual show means I'm ashamed of them. Well, I can't say that I'm proud, but on the same, can't say I'm allowed to judge. I'm just glad to see you. Cause truth be told, if my records never sold and I wasn't raised as bold, nigga, I would probably be you. I've been God blessed with the gift to make music. It took me all over the continent. But still got boys on the block and fam smoking rocks, so please miss me with that conscious shit. I spent many a sleepless night because of it. Until I had to shake that shit off and reach the conclusion that every now and then you gotta ask yourself, do you really wanna win or just look good losing? Say it again, Fonte, they ain't hear you the first time. That every now and then you gotta ask yourself, do you really wanna win or just look good losing? It's no illusion. Yes, yes. Ken Macon. God dog right, it's me, man. Welcome back to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. Hope y'all love that uh little classic joint, man, from Little Brother, man. Uh Dreams. Man, there's so many, there's so many bars in that record, man. Uh just just an unbelievable joint. But we're back to it, man. Concede nothing. That's kind of a um kind of a mantra for life, man. Just wherever you are, you know, at the house, at the job, whatever you're fighting for, whatever you believe in, man. Don't don't concede a mother loving thing. That's how I feel about it, man. I um as a matter of fact, I'm doing this podcast, man. I don't know. Uh, for those of you guys who've been keeping up with uh, making a difference for a while here, man. Uh, first of all, I appreciate you. Love you guys. You know, as I as I often tell you, man. And that's that's real rap. But um, getting ready to go down here, man. Tonight uh, at 6 p.m., man. I last about last September, man. There was a look because I'm the type of dude who doesn't concede anything. There's a, a post-Civil War monument. It's an obelisk that's actually in the heart of. Uh, in the heart of downtown North Augusta. And it's a monument that actually has a quote about white supremacy that uh, is it's actually it's the uh, it's called the Meriwether Monument. And it, it I mean, it, it honors the life of an individual who fought in the Hamburg Massacre. But if you know the story about the Hamburg Massacre, you know that uh, it was a conflict between a, a black militia and some white man who uh, looked during the, the Reconstruction period, you know, had a, had a conflict and this uh um forget i think uh his name last name is meriwether you know got uh got shot and eventually there was a you know a monument uh made uh in his honor but i was obviously very offended um not only by just the the monument in general and its historical inaccuracy 
But the fact that it had this um, point of reference or I should say a direct quote about, you know, about Anglo-Saxon supremacy. And so I went to North Augusta City Council, made my concerns known. And at that point, a committee was set up and it's taken about a year for them to look. You feel how you want to about that. I know how I feel about it. Shouldn't shouldn't have taken that long. But nevertheless, here we are. And so uh, that's going to be the mayor's going to make a recommendation on that tonight at six. And of course, I'll be there. Hope you guys. You know, if you just so happen to be listening, um, you know, hope you guys will be there, too. But if not, obviously, you guys know how I'll follow up whatever is said uh, on on a future episode uh, of Making a Difference or maybe a podcast, maybe a video. You guys may get to see my handsome face when I say what I have to say when I, you know, say my piece. Anyone can see nothing um, is where we are. And I'm going to say, look, I'm going to keep saying it because I really just want to impress upon you guys that the most important thing about this election is, you don't know. Some people are saying, well, you know, Stacey Abrams still, you know, may have a chance to become the first black woman governor. Andrew Gillum, um, you know, obviously in Florida, gentleman I uh, went to school with down at Florida and University, you know, a lot, lot of um, just a lot of unique opportunities. But I think the defining point of this midterm election should be voting rights and it should be ensuring that all votes are counted. And it just it disappoints me that in 2018 that we have. Not only votes that are not being counted, but I really think that we have antiquated methods of um, of the of, of how we, you know, uh, how we cast ballots, you know, voting machines, all these type of things are just, I mean, really out of date. Quite simply, voting should be as easy as breathing. I mean, when you look at just the technology that we have at our fingertips, things that we have available, um, and it seems like that technology is left out of the process. Um, because people are va- afraid of voter fraud. But the way I see it, the voter fraud that exists is because some of what some of why it exists outside of the obvious white supremacy is the fact that we got these antiquated machines. There was an incident in North Carolina where they were saying that the the voting machine was uh, was acting out of uh, was out of order, out of whack because of humidity. Now, understand, this is an election that's going on in October, November. I know we have pretty uh, warm um you know, warm winters in comparison to maybe some of some other more northern parts of the country. But are you kidding me? Humidity. So it's just things like this, man. And I just as an individual, as a concerned citizen, I'm not satisfied with any more. And I promise you guys before the break that I want to talk about very specific solutions and things that we can do locally um, to turn the tide to let people know that we aren't playing anymore. Uh, first thing I want to say, and this is just from the two party perspective is and I'm going to do this myself and I, I'm you know what I'm not because I'm, I'm not entirely sure about my status I don't know if if the state of South Carolina recognizes me as a recognizes me as a Democrat or an independent but what I'm going to do is I'm going to re-register as an independent I hope you do the same the two-party system is so um it's so corrupt and it's so uh, money driven and it, it really prioritizes um it, it prioritizes money over people it really does. I mean, Democrat, Republican, whatever, you know, wh- whatever side you choose. I'm to the point now where neither side is is committed to doing the right thing, the just thing for black people. I can say that locally. I can say that statewide. I believe I can say that nationally and abroad. So that's that's the first challenge that I want to um, 
that I, that I want to issue out to the listening audience. And I also want to say that, you know, before you make that declaration, see what that's going to mean for you in terms of the issues that you're able to vote on and go to your local board of elections and ask those questions and be very specific about, you know, what is it going to mean if I re-register as an independent? You know, is it going to mean that I'm going to be, you know, because, you know, some some elections have ballot questions that relate to whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, different things like that. So just be mindful of all of those things and go up and make the, and make those decisions um, and may, or rather make that decision. I think another more pressing issue as it relates to voting rights, local board of elections is going up and asking the directors and you're, you know, the director of your board of elections. And even that may extend to um, government, local governmental leadership why more money isn't being invested into the board of elections to have state of the art technology that's going to ensure that all votes are counted. Not only that, what type of methodologies are you using to promote and encourage early voting? This is a a local challenge. This is also a state challenge because in Georgia, they do in fact have early voting in South Carolina. They don't have early voting. They have absentee voting. And the difference between early and absentee voting is that if you vote absentee, you have to give these folks a reason why you're voting um, before or, or prior to Election Day. My in my particular case, I voted early because I had to work on Election Day. And so that's the reason I gave them. I'm sure pretty you know, folks gave pretty disingenuous reasons. But I would argue that if you're going to have absentee voting or if you're going to have early voting, those votes need to be counted instantaneously. Not only do they need to be counted instantaneously, but they need to be reported. Uh, shout out to Richmond County, uh, Georgia Board of Elections. What they do is, is th- in their early voting process, they will not only count those votes, but you can actually see um, the results day by day by day of how, you know, how many people voted. Not necessarily how they voted, but how many people voted. And I, I believe they they break that down. Um between Democrats and, and Republicans. But, but I, you know what? Let me not say that. What I do know is, is, that, is that they do show how many people voted on a particular day. And I, and that's very commendable. But I mean, this this is a challenge now because mass media is not going to do what it needs to do in terms of um, speaking to these issues. I mean, I'm, I'm saying so. And I'm not saying that the news can't be versatile in, in what it's reporting, but I just. I, I contend and you can't tell me any different that the most important issue of the day right now is voting rights, period, because you got the, you got elections in uh, in Florida and you got, you know, the governor's uh, race in Georgia. I mean, that's that's com- literally coming down to tens of thousands of votes. And when you think about the millions of people that are in Georgia or who are in Georgia, I mean, this is I mean, this is too close to call. Another thing that needs to happen is. And I always challenge black uh, and I'm, I'm going to start calling what they are, black elitist organizations, uh, the church, your fraternities, your sororities. We these organizations need to bring more attention to detail outside of voter registration, different things like that. There needs to be a continual involvement as it relates to um, politics, whether it's vetting candidates, whether it's making sure people have a ride to the polls. We have to do a better job of making sure that people are informed about what's going on and not just September, October, November. I would say six months before before uh, an important election, a year before an important election. Pastors, black pastors have an awesome responsibility and they have 
the pulpit, the literal pulpit from which they can say, you know what? Um, these are issues that are important to the community. And some pastors, you know, will take advantage of that and will employ that for the good of informing the community. I, I, th- I think it needs to happen with more frequency and I think it needs to happen with more urgency. What needs to happen now just for black people and for black organizations is there needs to be a, a commitment to uh, mobilization and there needs to be just a, a, a unifying force regardless of gender, you know, wealth, like there just needs to be a, a coming together of people because what, what we're seeing now is, is that we're seeing a very conscious movement to just like eliminate just black influence. Um, I was, I, I, I retweeted something on Twitter. Like people said, um, this young lady had said something like, um, they want our rhythm, but they don't want our blues. And I don't think anything can be more true, man. You know, I'm, I, I watch TV, I see commercials and, you know, everything is, you know, when it comes to, you know, selling products, everything is so urban and it's so hip hop. But when that translates into the real world where we see, you know, so many issues in urban communities, when we see so many challenges facing black people, then, you know, people just want you to, to be quiet. And I'm sick of it, man. And I think the the conversations and the the realization of self-worth, the realization of political power and political influence. I think those conversations must start locally and they must um, start, you know, uh, in places where, you know, black people are already organized and they're already, you know, have some have some sort of familiarity. I think the challenge is is um, is impressing upon those uh, stewards and uh, those those community leaders to um, to step up and not be afraid well, I, and, I, and I'll just say it this way, to be about the business of black liberation and to prioritize black liberation over white acceptance. And that's a lot of and that quite simply is what we don't have um, right now um, among black people or in the black community. I'm going to stop it off right here, man. But you already know I got a lot to say this week, man. I got um, got a lot of podcasts on tap, a lot of things that are going to be said about varying issues. Uh, we're still in the midst of, uh, I mean, these political races in Georgia and Florida. Stay tuned. Stay aware of what's going on uh, with all of that. Just want to encourage everybody to continue um, support the Making a Difference movement any way you can. Uh, you know, we're on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com backslash Making a Difference. We're also on Facebook, Facebook.com backslash Making a Difference show. Please um, share those outlets with people, man. I can't I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, if you have a recommendation or a suggestion for uh for episodes uh you can definitely send those to making a different show at gmail.com that's m-a-k-i-n a different show at gmail.com with all of that in mind man i just want to say appreciate you guys your constant support and love you so much peace and god bless the revolution will not be televised you see a lot of times people see 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 battles and skirmishes on tv and they say aha the revolution is being televised nah the results of the revolution are being televised. The first revolution is when you change your mind about how you look at things and see that there might be another way to look at it that you have not been shown. What you see later on is the results of that, but the revolution, that change that takes place, will not be televised.